This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Wesley Euler with you here on SNR and 970 ESPN on a Thursday, hour number two of the Steelers Blitz. And I come to you with good tidings and good news. Yes, just moments ago, the news being announced, Cam Hayward returned to practice today. He remains on the reserve injured list, but our well-educated listeners, I know you know the drill here. This now means the Steelers have a 21-day window to activate him to the 53-man roster, or he cannot return for the rest of the season. So, Obviously, the Steelers think that he will be ready to go in the next three weeks. That gives him a time time to, uh, if you made me guess right now, I don't know this. Don't hold my feet to the fire on this. I should. This is the, the reckless speculation warning, okay? He ain't going to play Sunday against Jacksonville when he just returned to practice today on Thursday. But hopefully this is them getting him a couple extra days this week and then hit the ground running next week. Oh, I guess it's a short week for Tennessee, too. I didn't think about that until just... I was going to say he'll play Sunday against Tennessee, but it's a third... Maybe still, maybe that's why they're getting him going today, so he has a full week to get ready for next Thursday. Either way, it's got to be within the next 21 days. I would say 50-50, 50% chance Tennessee on Thursday, if not... November 12th, Sunday, 1 o'clock against Green Bay. But good news, Cam Hayward returned to practice today and is now in that 21-day window to get uh, activated to the the active roster. So we are all jacked up, all excited about that. That's some good news here to start number hour two is Captain Cam looks like he is just about back in business, baby. More of your tweets to get to here as we roll along, but it's time to go uh, to a new segment here that we've been trying out on these solo Thursdays. It's a simple concept. We play some some strange music, and we talk about some stats, and we call it Stranger Stats. Along with the Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars entered the NFL in 1993. Including two postseason meetings, the Steelers and the Jags have played 27 times. Jacksonville has won 14 of those contests, both of the the postseason games, pardon me. So you do the math on that one. That means Jacksonville with the slight edge all time, 14 to 13 in those 27 meetings. The Steelers with a chance to get back on level footing, tie this thing up at 14 in the 28th meeting, which will take place Sunday, 1 o'clock at Agershire Stadium. The Steelers have a two-game winning streak uh, against the Jags. Last time out, the Steelers won 27-3 on the road down there in 2020, that COVID season, right, that was part of the uh, Steelers' 11-0 start that year. The Jaguars did have a four-game winning streak on Pittsburgh, uh, their longest in the series from 2005 through that 2008 playoff win. There was also a stretch from 98 to uh, 2001 where Jacksonville was 5-1 against the Steelers over the course of six games. The road team in this series has each of the last five games, has won each of the last five games and 11 of the last 13 between these two teams. Stranger stats. Now, Mike Tomlin all-time is 5-2 against the Jaguars. 
matchup overview here for you. Jacksonville has yet to lose a road game, although they have played uh, two games in London, one road, one home, you know, by classification. Uh, they are on a four-game win streak after a 31-24 win over New Orleans this past Thursday night. Let's see if the – ah, this thing. I've got this music on loop. It's supposed to continue. I tell you what. I, I tell you what. All right, we should be – Wait. Oh, wait. I think it's back on the repeat. I guess we'll find out when it gets to the end of the track again. You're messing up my rhythm here, Stranger Stats. Jacksonville four-game win streak after beating New Orleans on the road last Thursday night. An elongated week to prepare for the Steelers. Um, the uh, the Jags now with, uh, with a, a little bit more time, uh, certainly, as well. This is the first of three straight home games for the Steelers, as we discussed who have now won two in a row in 11 of their last 15 games. Steelers only with one loss at home this season. That came in the opener against San Francisco. And strangely enough, the Steelers don't play a game outside of Pennsylvania or Ohio for the next seven weeks. Stranger stats. The Jags point differential of plus 27, while the Steelers sit at minus 24 and have played one game fewer. But five and two versus four and two, lots of ways to win, lots of ways to walk the dog or skin the cat or bake the cake in the National Football League. In terms of efficiency per play, you know, these teams are similar in a lot of ways. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 19th amongst quarterbacks in the NFL. Kenny Pickett, 28th. So both of these offenses looking to get more efficient as the season rolls along. Steelers running 58 and a half plays per game on average compared to Jacksonville, 66 and a half for the Jags. The Steelers 28th in the league. Jacksonville 7th in the league. So you can see there how only an 8-play difference uh, makes such a difference. Steelers 28th most offensive plays per game, while the Jags 7th across the National Football League. Uh, Pittsburgh's opponents are averaging 68 and a half plays ran against per game. That is the third highest allowed in the National Football League. Now let's see if this song re-loops and replays. Oh yeah, but no, it, it just froze again. This is throwing me off. The Steelers are 4-0 this year in games decided by one score or less. Now, reminder, one score, that can, is considered eight points as well, too, because two-point conversion, that makes it a one score, a one possession game. Kenny Pickett, 9-3 in his career in one score games. Pittsburgh plus six. Now, I like this one from our buddy Matt Williamson, Okay. Pittsburgh is plus six in traditional turnover ratio. What that means is how many times do you turn over the ball every game? How many times do you take away the ball every game? You know, add those numbers up where you at. You're plus six on the season. So you've taken the ball away six more times than you've turned it over. But when you factor in field goals missed and fourth down conversion rate, both of which our buddy Matt Williamson argues are essentially the exact same thing as a turnover, the Steelers are plus 12 through six games. Jacksonville also, same as the Steelers, plus six in traditional turnover ratio with the Steelers. Those two teams are towards the top of the league. Tampa Bay right now, the Bucks, the only team with a better turnover ratio than Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Both of these offenses doing a good job of taking care of the ball. Both defenses doing a good job of hunting the ball. The Jaguars, in fact, they have 16 takeaways already on the year. That leads the NFL. They lead the league in fumble recoveries, and only San Francisco has more interceptions 
to this point. The Steelers have only turned the ball over six times. Only three teams have done it less. Just five teams have lost fewer fumbles than Pittsburgh. So we know ball security has been huge for this Steelers offense as the season has rolled along. On average, the Jaguars are possessing the football for just over 31 minutes a game, 31 minutes and three seconds as compared to 27 minutes and six seconds for your Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have produced 87 first downs on the year as compared to giving up 123. Or sorry, I read that wrong. The Steelers have produced 87 first downs on the season. Their collective opponents on offense have earned 123 first downs on the season. Pittsburgh's opponents have 36 more rushing attempts than the Steelers this year and 366 more rushing yards. The Steelers' opponents average 1.4 more yards per carry than the Steelers. Jacksonville, they've run the ball 40 more times than their opponents through their seven games. They are averaging 32.9 more rushing yards than their opponents. That's eighth best in the league. The Steelers' opponents have also run 61 more plays for 649 more yards than Pittsburgh has produced offense. It's strange when you consider it in that regard. The Steelers are finding ways to win. The Steelers' offense does still obviously have a lot of room for growth. All right, just a couple more here. In the 19 career games that Kenny Pickett has appeared in, the Steelers are 2-6 when he throws an interception, 9-2 when he does not. The Jaguars have led this season for three hours, 55 minutes, and 56 seconds. That's the fifth highest in the league. The Steelers have led their opponents for one hour, 34 minutes, and 18 seconds, which is the fifth lowest in the league. Stranger stats. And the Steelers and the Jags finally are two of seven NFL teams that have two or that have 10, pardon me, or more wins since week 12 of last season. So, one more time, let me read that one again. I kind of butchered that. The Steelers and the Jags are two of seven NFL teams that have 10 or more wins since week 12 of last year. That is Stranger Stats. If you want the full stat write-up from our compadre, my colleague, my friend, Matt Williamson, you can check that out on Steelers.com every single week. Got to get to break here. When we come back on the other side, we'll get to some more of your reaction. We'll hear a little bit from Najee Harris and Alex Highsmith. I thought those guys had some interesting things to say this week. It's all still to come on the Steelers Blitz. Back on the Blitz here on a Thursday. We have plenty of your reaction still to get to. And oh, by golly, we will. That I promise you. But before we do, we've got to hear from a uh, couple Steelers here on a big win over the Rams. The challenge uh, upcoming presented by those Jacks Jags. So Najee Harris, Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig, and Mason Cole talking about all those things in that order. I want to hear from these guys, and then we'll talk about what they say here on the other side. We lead off with Najee Harris. I can watch the tape. What seemed to be working in that fourth quarter as a whole for the offense? 
Uh, gap schemes, probably. Run-wise or just plays in general? Yeah, in general. Oh, by that time, a lot of things opened up because we were playing um, uh, when, we scored that, when we scored that touchdown. I think it was like five minutes left on the clock. And, uh, I mean, they were just playing heavy run with those doing all game. So a lot of the passes were hidden. So, you know, kind of our, our game, really. Started working. Just run the ball and try to get some guys to pack a box like they did and just play action and do what we got to do. Now, you talked after the game about keeping that good vibe you had going. Uh, how, do you, how do you go about doing that and are you still feeling it? It was more of the mentality, I was saying. Uh, yeah, we're trying to keep that mentality. I mean, we, that's what we need the rest of this season. Um, we, that was kind of more like uh, how the, the Ravens game last year was, just that, that dog mentality. We kind of need that. That's, that's what we need. Um, and I think we did a good job. We just got to keep that carrying on. This is a really good team right here. They got a really good front. Um, they are really good players, um, especially their defensive coordinators. Uh, it's really good too. So um, we have some ideas of what they're going to do, and we'll try to execute the plan. How much does that mentality bolstered by the fact that sometimes you got in the red zone, not only they turned it touchdowns, but you ran it in, mm -hmm. accomplished that? Yeah, end, it seems like. Yeah, man, it's easy to run it in. It, it, uh, it kind of shows something to the opposing team because you know the one thing you don't want to do is run it in um, as a defensive coordinator. Because um, there's no uh, harm in, in that, you know, it's like you got to pass it, put it in the air, and, you know, it could be all type of trouble doing that. So, you know, us running it in was good. Um, uh, you know, if we keep that going, that'll be good. Do you guys see anything of this Kenny fourth quarter stuff that he turns into a different person or flips the switch or anything? Kenny fourth quarter? Kenny, yeah, like what his, his success in the fourth quarters of these games, these game winning comebacks, these four these Oh. Kenny Pickett. Oh. Uh, I know he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a cold. So yeah, you good, boss. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Man. We're just all just playing football, I guess. Kenny did a good job. <laughs> Why are you guys so successful in playing games? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're scary. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Scary in what way? I mean, yeah, because it could go either way. You know, I mean, you want it's the NFL, though. You know, every game is not going to be a blowout. But I mean, since I've been here, it's been literally all tight games. Um, is there something to be said about just being used to being in that position? I don't know. Yeah. Um, is it fun also, at all to be in that? I mean, is it I'm, fun? I mean, like, do you get energized or get adrenaline? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like, it's going to come down to the plays. You know, the playmakers and the plays. So I mean, like. Yeah. Kind of miss some of those non-conference games in Bama. Those type of results. <laughs> oh, it would be nice to have some of those. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it does speak to the, that dog mentality that you've been talking about? That you kind of, kind of will your way to find a way to win. Yeah, man, that's the best way. Yeah, we, we will that way. We're always prepared for like a 15-round fight. That's what I always say. We always have to be prepared to play through, um, you know, five quarters, even um, that being overtime. So I say five, but you know. Um, just us having that mentality, I think it, it helped us persevere. But to your point, man, it's 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 it's, it's scary sometimes. Now, you mentioned those penalties, and Mike talked about you guys just have to do a better job of feeling out the tenor of an officiating crew. How do you do that? How do you relay that to each other? Take the temperature of what they're going to call, how close they're calling it, that kind of thing. The temperature of what? The, like, the, like the tenor the, of the of the officiating crew, whether or not they're going to be looking for stuff uh, between the whistles. Oh, yeah, because um, I, I almost had one. Um, they said I was talking with the other guy, but, I mean, they should know the difference between, you know, uh, guys competing and guys 
you know, really saying some some stuff that would hurt. Like it wasn't like that. Like you know, uh, me and Fifty, I forgot, I forgot his name, but the linebacker, we exchanged a couple words, but it was more of some competitive stuff. And you know, he went to Coach T and said, "Hey, 22s, blah blah blah." So I stopped. And uh, I think um, did George have one? Yeah, George had one, but. It's not like that. We're just competing. It's competitors. You know what I mean? Like the game is tight. You know what I mean? You want to make plays and, you know what I mean? You might have a little bit of chit chat. And, you know, we just got to find a balance where, you know, when it's too much and when to stop. Um, and that's just that's just something we could fix easily. Discipline. Deontay, I think. Did Deontay have him too? Yeah, Deontay too. Um, that's, but, that you know, this receivers and DBs, um, that's just normal. They're, they're going to do that every play. After the pick and sneak, Chukes uh, was getting into it. The guy got between and, yeah. and separated. Do you take that upon yourself to help, you know, help of course. A, a lot more? Yeah. I've, yeah, I, last year too, actually. I've been here a couple of times. I've always been doing that. But we just got to strike a balance between, you know, when is, is it, when is it too much? You know, what I mean, and, and see like where we at situational. You know, that was the time we we're trying to close out the game, and you know, penalties. We didn't, we didn't want that. So, you know, I, I saw that, uh, I saw that happen, and you know, I just try to get in between that and just back everybody up, um, and and be like, you know, dissolve all that issues that's going on. Young running back. Lakers playing the lead. What, what do you know about, remember about, think about Travis Etienne? Do you have any thoughts on him as a peer in the league? Is that, what was your question? What do you think about him as a peer? His skill set, his talents, what, what can you speak about as far as he goes? Who was in the same class together? Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. This oh. was the, as a peer. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's a good player. Him, he, obviously, coming him and Trevor, Trevor coming out of Clemson, um, both two talented guys coming from a talented program. And um, they really changed that program around, I think. Uh, in Jacksonville, you know, they're, they're doing really good. Um, so, you know, it'll be a, it's a good battle. I always take everything as competition. Um, so, you know, I mean, uh, I won't say that wouldn't be in my mind, like, you know, two of the backs coming in and, you know, competing against each other. So, um, I mean, he's a great player, you know. So is uh, the quarterback. They got good receivers. They got Calvin. Shout out to Calvin, man. That one guy right there. That's my boy, I'm glad to see you back on the field. Do your thing, man. Can't wait to play against you, too. Yeah, I think, you know, it just shows the perseverance that we have as a team, you know, um, you know, just being able to finish in those moments, you know, being able to, you know, when we were down in that game, be able to come back and, and finish strong, I think just shows, um, you know, the fight that we have in this team. And that's one thing Coach Tomlin always preaches on is just, you know, you know every every game is going to be a fight, you know, it's, it's the NFL, so every game is a tough game. And so you just, I think, you know, it just really shows, you know, um, what type of team we have, you know, whenever we face adversity, we're able to, um, you know, fight back and, uh, you know, get out of those close games. In theory, though, those kind of games are I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it just shows, you know, our preparedness, you know, for those moments, you know, you know, Coach Coach Tomlin talks about, you know, A players making plays, you know, big big time guys, you know, coming up in big moments, you know, making big plays, you know, TJ's pick was huge at the beginning of the second half, I think it really set the trajectory for the whole half, you know, got Jalen and Najee, their touchdown as well, so a lot of guys making big plays in that game, you know, really, really helped us. they're not the same quarterback, but does it help having Lamar in them when you're yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know, we, we know that in our division, you know, we have guys, you know, who, um, you know, who are, who are lethal on the ground. And, you know, uh, you know, Trevor's the same way as well. You know, he can throw and he's uh, a threat with his legs. So we know we got to keep him in the pocket. And we just really got to contain him because if we don't, you know, he can get out. He can throw on the run and he can you know, take off and just run. This is the Houston game. 
you're seeing to try to push TJ wide to line up wider and make him have to go wider in his pass routes. Are you seeing that? Pass yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. You know, um, you know, you know, you don't want to give that man many opportunities for one on ones, and so I think, um, you know, just what they're doing to be able to, um, you know, teams. You see teams game planning, you know, against them in that way. You know, putting tight ends on them and stuff like that, and so it's something they got to do to stop them. I mean, yes, just you know, getting chips throughout the game as well. Um, uh, the, this past game, the past couple of games as well, and so I think you know, you know, we're just trying to create a play, and we you know we can, you know, both of us can you know, be able to free up and, and, and you know, rush on those third and longs and really pin our ears back. Now for him to be able to do that, like he's got to take over probably some other responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, just knowing you know that you know when he goes out there, you know, someone else has got to be the, the fourth rush on the outside, and so it's communication you know between him and the D lineman, and so um, you know I think you know the communication that play was great, you know, ended up being a, a great play for us. Alex, as a pass rusher, how much you study James Harrison or watch him grow? Yeah, um, no, no, a lot. You know, I, I wasn't a, a Steelers fan growing up. I was a Panthers fan, but you know, James Harrison was one of those guys that I watched. You know, just seeing some of the moves that he did and just how he was able to, you know, bend around the corner and what he did was just, you know, so awesome. And so um, he was, so he was one of those guys too. Um, whenever I was in college, I was watching some of his films, seeing how he dipped around the edge, you know, because he's, you know, one of the best to do it. I asked Mike yesterday what the similarities were between James Harrison and T.J. Watt, and he laughed and he was like, "It'd be easier to go through the differences." But <laughs> are there things that you see that are similar either in their game? Their preparation or their personality, how they approach things. Yeah, um, you know, just just both of you, like 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 I was saying, you know, just being able to bend that corner and get around the edge. You know, both of them are, are elite at that, and just seeing how, you know, TJ um, be with him four years now, just seeing how he finishes his rushes, and you know, so there's sometimes you know where the lineman's got his arm on him, but he works an extra move to be able to break free, and that's what helps him get a lot of sacks. And so he definitely he's, he's perfected that, you know, getting to the top and then you know being able to bend around the corner. And I mean, James Harrison had that interception in the Super Bowl. Obviously, interception last week wasn't the Super. Bowl, but they both seem to have pretty good with their hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, you know but it's, it's but it's something that is done in practice. You know, um, you know, whenever we, whenever we do get the chance to drop in practice, you know, we we we, we execute it in practice. So knowing that uh, when we get called upon to do that in the game, you know, we just got to do it to um, you know, to the to, to the best we can. Just kind of walk us through that whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just saw the ball snap, and you know, the crowd. Shout out to the fans for real. You know, we, it felt like a home game, so. Every time we're on defense, um, you know, the crowd was into it. Um, so, you know, they kind of had to go silent count. Um, and the tackle, I mean, the tackle both went off the ball. I um, mean, I like my chances in, 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 that, in that situation. Did you notice any tendencies from that tackle that kind of allowed you to get the win there? Um, I mean, I was just watching Alex and TJ ahead of me, um, working moves, um, doing the same kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, just trying to dissect what they were doing throughout the game and how I could use it to my advantage when I get my opportunities. I heard you say maybe you weren't supposed to rush that play. Was that true, or did you find that out? Or, or? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. I, it, it was kind of just a, if you watch the play, it was kind of just like a hurry up play. And, and you know, we're kind of talking to each other, and I just saw the ball snap, so I, I let it rip. Do you feel like you're getting more opportunities out there? Oh, man, I just try to stay ready. You know, um, it, uh, I'm, I'm just there for Alex, TJ, and MG. You know, whenever those guys need a break, whenever they need a breather, uh, I just got to be ready to going there and uh, giving my best because I really just try to focus on special teams, you know, because that's my biggest role on this team right now. Um, so I'm trying to focus in on that um, and be better in that every every week. Um, but obviously when those guys need a breather, uh, that, that's when I uh, have a chance to, to show what, I, what I've been working on. What Nick, were you supposed to do on that sack for? What was that? What were you supposed to do? Just make a play. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, just make a play. Nick, how different is the challenge this week with Lawrence and how do you when you have a mobile quarterback what's the key for at your position to try to limit what he can do 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a heck of a player. You know, he's a great quarterback. Um, fortunately, we see one of the best mobile quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson. Um, but, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a, is, a great, is a great player, man, and he makes plays. His eyes are always down the field. Um, I, mean, I think quarterbacks that can extend plays are, are lethal, man. Um, that's the way the game's trending right now, so he's a great player. How has, getting, how has getting reps on special teams helped you grow as a pass rusher <laughs> overall as a player? Uh, it's just like, it, it's just helping me, you know, uh, fi find my role on the team. Uh, you know, find that, that uh, security and, and how I can help this team every week secure W. Uh, and I think that just translates over to the way I go about practice, the way I, I approach every day, you know. And Danny Smith is, he's, he's a tough coach, you know. So he, uh, he's going to be tough on you, but it, it's all love at the end of the day. So I think everything is going to um, all fall into the same place. All right, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. You and Najee, you know, talked about, like, Mason you, you guys talked over the bye week about things that worked for you guys in the run game. There was one play where Dan Moore Jr. pulls up right behind you. He goes, like, in A-gap, and it's him and you in the middle kind of getting linebackers. Is that one of the plays that you guys talked about or one of the concepts you guys wanted to see more of? Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we ran that play a few times this year, but, again, it was just minor tweaks and um, alignment, splits, stuff like that. Um, but obviously, I think it helped a little bit, um, obviously. Um, so uh, it was good. And it was more to hear how he's seeing things and how we're seeing things. And um, I think the continuity is there. It's nice to get back home for three here. Yeah, yeah, big. Yeah, big. After Especially after a West Coast game, getting back home and having we said we had three home games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, in the, <laughs> I'm in the chaos of the season. So <laughs> we're not Jacksonville right now. But yeah, great, great to be back home. Um, you know, we got this week in a short week. Um, Right now, it's all about Jacksonville. I think it's pretty undeniable right now, the fourth quarter magic that Kenny employs. It's perfect passing. How do you notice his demeanor? Does it change? Does it amplify? What is it like in the fourth quarter and in those big moments? Uh, it doesn't change, man. He's, he's steady Eddie. He just, uh, he's a winner, man. Um, in those big moments, he, he, he performs and executes. And um, I think we're starting to see that um, pretty consistently now. At what point in the second half did you feel you were able to pick up momentum? Was there a specific play or a specific time? Uh, I mean, first play of the second half, TJ picks the ball off, and three plays later we score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I think that momentum um, starting the second half was huge for us. Um, getting getting seven points out of that out of that interception um, was big for us, and just I felt like we built off that. You know, I know it's a new in that game, running play wise, or did you just do what you've been doing better? Uh, no, again, all the schematics were were uh, pretty much the same. Uh, we obviously had a protection plan for. For Sharon Donald, um, that we executed and maybe made some things hard, especially for the backs. We uh, gave them a lot of responsibility, but um, for the most part, it was, it was what we do. We just executed. I know it's a team sport, Mason, but sometimes you guys feel pressure, maybe that you guys have to do something on offense to get things going. Sometimes when the defense does make plays for you. Yeah, as Coach Thomas said, you're either feeling pressure or you're applying it. Um, we just got to apply it. The play before Najee's touchdown was a play-action pass to Connor Hayward, and it was like a trap fake. And you guys have had like some success on some trap runs the last couple weeks. Is that something where like you maybe in the bye week or just specifically maybe when you put that plan in, it's like okay, here's step one, and then here's here's how we can build off that. And and has that something that maybe that hasn't been happening earlier in the year? Yeah, I think again just building off some of our schematics that we used all season. Um, I think that was a little. A little trap pass with a boot off of it, um, just kind of new, new, uh, new footwork in the backfield for guys. Just, just kind of eye candy for for the defense, and uh, obviously it was successful.
Mr. Glasser, given the way some of those runs did hit, um, you know, that meeting with Najee and kind of seeing what each other are looking at, is that something that you guys will do more of, continue to do, even as you don't have as much time as you would on the off week? Yeah, I mean, again, Najee's been been great. Uh, I'm picking our year and we're picking his, um, just about things he likes, things, what he sees, what we see. So um, there's always room to get better and we'll continue. Najee Harris, Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig, and Mason Cole talking the win over the Rams and the upcoming challenge against the Jacks Jags. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. You know what time it is. We got to take our last break. We will close with your reaction on the other side. Got a few more tweets to get to here as well. Last chance to get them in, knuckleheads. You know where to get at me if you want to get involved. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the Blitz here on a Thursday. You know what that means. It's time to get to your reactions, your questions, your comments, your concerns. Time's yours. Indeed it is. All right, here we go. Let's roll through these before we get out of here. Cuban Dan with a heater. He wants to know my favorite Dave Chappelle show skit. Oh, my goodness. This is like picking between my favorite children. Um, I mean, it's tough to beat Clayton Bigsby. It's tough to beat the mad real world. It's tough to beat the racial draft. What about Prince and Charlie Murphy? I mean, that's a tough – I, I think I would have to go with – I'm sure I'm probably forgetting one or two here that I should be mentioning. I think I would have to go with Clayton Bigsby or with Prince in the revolution. I don't want to get into too much detail because this is a family show and some of those skits are not incredibly family-oriented. But if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you still got plenty of time to find out. Russell tweets and says, Wes, you and Motes do an awesome show. Your best of the West was right on target. Thanks, Russell. Russell, appreciate that, partner. Good hearing from you. Uh, I'm the bomb.com. I'm the bomb.com. Welcome to the party, pal. I can't remember, so I always like to be safe. I do believe you've tweeted us before. But if not, there's some John McClain for you just in case. What level of importance do you give to teams signing players to practice squads that are former players of the upcoming opponent? Example, the Jags signing Mondo leading up to Sunday. Yeah, uh, the Jags bringing back Henry Mondo uh, two days ago to their practice squad. This um, is a good question, you know, for, for Moats, for Max, but I've heard them talk about this a few times, so I can kind of share their insights with you, if you will. There's... There's nuance, there's minutia, there's details that can be gathered there. But they would all tell you, it's the National Football League in 2023. You can't hide anything anymore. Nothing's a secret anymore. The amount of just information and statistics and analytics that you have on everybody, the amount of video and knowledge and everything that you have on everybody, it's not like Mondo's going in there and and telling them something that they don't know or haven't noticed, but there are little things and little tendencies and little tips and pointers against certain players um, that they can always kind of share notes upon. So it means something, but I don't think nearly as much as it used to maybe at points where again, I mean, we are just in all across the board in life, but also in football, just this age of information where you can't really keep anything secret anymore. Big Ron tweets, 
and says, uh, looks like they opened up Captain Cam's window for return. Do you think he comes back for Tennessee? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit to start the hour, Big Ron. Um, I If that Tennessee game weren't a Thursday, I would say yes. But maybe that's why they activated him today, give him a week to prepare for that Thursday. But I would say 50-50 between the Titans and the Packers. I have obviously talked to nobody on this. I mean, I was doing the show while the news broke. So I uh, I wish I had some some more concrete information for you if there was one way that, that some of the insiders thought that they were leaning with this. But not Jacksonville on Sunday. And then I would say, you know, maybe flip a coin over the, over the course of either that Titans Thursday game or they give him – a little bit of extra time here, and he comes back November, what is it? Or sorry, yeah, November 9th, no, November 12th, pardon me, against the Green Bay Packers in the final of the three home game stand. Uh, Big Ron also wants to know, how do you rank the Rocky movies? Ooh, Rocky Four would be my favorite, then the OG Rocky, then Rocky Two, then Rocky Three, and those are all pretty good. Rocky Five, I don't didn't hate it as much as everybody, but it is clearly of the uh, uh, last of the five. Um... And then I'm pretty bad after that. I haven't seen any of the Creed movies, and I know a, a lot of a lot of people yell at me for that. They're all on the plane for our Steelers flights, so maybe what we got one long flight left in, in terms of Seattle. I I said to myself every time I get on the Steelers plane, ah, oh, maybe I'll watch the Creed movie, and I haven't done it. Um, and then there's another one, right? There was like Stallone or Balboa or another one. I haven't seen that either. So I loved the five original movies when I was a kid. I had them all on VHS, used to watch them all the time. Those five movies, the Mighty Ducks movies and the Ace Ventura movies, that was like what I grew up on. Um, but I have not done my due diligence in the new era of Rocky movies, but it is on my uh, it is on my list. Jacob tweets, can I get a welcome to the party soundbite? I never got one when I started tweeting. Let's go Steelers. I mean, come on, Jacob. Welcome to the party, pal. You wanted one, you got two. CR tweets. It says, morning, my Steeler brother. You never ride alone. I know it, CR. Uh, The Steelers are steadily progressing upward with Deontay Johnson back. The offense is looking good, both run and pass. Player, offensive coach, or uh, players, offensive coordinator, joint input. It's making a huge difference. You get these three wins at home, and you are 7-2 and midseason. Ooh, CR, you getting greedy. Let's just get this first one against Jacksonville on Sunday, baby. I I'll take six I'll take two and one over these three and be six and three at midseason. But yeah, let's just go beat Jacksonville. And then you look up and then you're feeling really good about your next two home opponents who aren't as good as the Jags. And then you got two big division games on the road around Thanksgiving, you know, with at Cleveland and then at Cincinnati back to back. We you, you could you could be in a good position here, but uh, you heard Mason Cole in the last segment. He They live week to week. He was like, wait, we have three straight home games coming up? Just go take care of business against Jacksonville. And then we're 5-2. and two. We're feeling pretty good. Feeling really good. Yeah, 7-2 and two would be great, though, CR. We're, we're not players, CR. We can look ahead, right? We can project ahead a little bit. We're not on the team. 7-2 and two would be nice. I'll take 6-3. and three, But you know what? Just take care of business on Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Jags, and then we'll go from there. Tyler tweets. How do you feel about Matt Canada not being on the field? Got to say, I hate the expression old heads, LOL. And I also got to know, start, bench, or cut. Bussy, Franco, Lev Bell. Oh, geez, Tyler, really? That's that's the last tweet I'm going to read today, and you're going to put me on the spot like that? Okay. How do I feel about Canada not being on the field? I wish I had a hotter take on this for you guys. I really do. I 
I, I, I didn't play in the NFL for a decade like Moats did. This is another probably better question for him. You know, I, uh, Max Starks, Wolf, those kind of guys. I can't tell you the nuances, the intricacies of having your guy right next to you on the sideline or having your guy up in the booth. From what I deduce from most people who know a lot more about that than me, I think most of them prefer being on the field, but as long as the quarterback has that eyes and, and, and ears and sights on the field as well too, which which Kenny has and Mike Sullivan, I don't think it's a huge as big of a deal as we make it. I don't have a hot take either way, though. I wish I had one for you. What, whatever, whatever my answer would be, whatever Kenny would prefer. If Kenny's thinking in his mind, man, I'd really like Matt down on the field, then get Matt down on the field. If Kenny's thinking in his mind this setup works with him being the eye in the sky and I got Mike Sullivan down here as my, you know, my boots on the ground guy, then keep it as it is. I, my answer actually would be whatever the quarterback wants because whatever's best for that guy is what's best for the offense. You don't like old heads? I mean, come on. It's better than just saying old. Also, I mean, geez. You guys, you put us on the spot with these Mount Rushmore questions, these start, bench, cut, bussy Franco, so I got to choose between two Hall of Famers and arguably the most electric running back I've ever seen with my own two eyes? Come on, man. I can already tell you what Motes' answer would be. Motsy would say start Lev Bell, bench Bussy, and cut Franco because Motsy values ball security and, and, you know, he likes to say that those 70s teams didn't take care of the football like we do now, and he would tell you Lev Bell was his guy that he played with, so that's who he's going with. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Man. <laughs> I think you guys are going to hate this. And, and all the old heads who listen, they're going to hate this. I might start Lev Bell just because, again, I really saw him. I saw Bussy, but, you know, he wasn't necessarily in his – I mean, when he was in his prime, I was like five, six, seven years old. Lev Bell, man, just if, if we're getting all these guys at their absolute best, I know two of them are Hall of Famers and have just much more extensive resumes than Lev Bell do, d- does, but, man, 26 was just incredible at his absolute prime, wasn't he? Uh, you know what? I'm starting all of them. How about that? I'm running 31 personnel. I'm starting all three, baby. We're going to run the wishbone offense. We're going to run the triple option like Army, baby. Good luck. One last refresh here. And that'll do it for the tweets today. That'll do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for rocking and rolling. You already know the drill. Big one on deck for you tomorrow. Show me the money. Five-star Friday. Here we go song. Predictions. Our buddy Brian Backo. A big one tomorrow as we get ready for a big showdown with the Jacks Jags on Sunday. So make sure you're back here. As always, you know the time and the place. It's high noon, baby. I'm Wesley Euler, and you've been listening to the Steelers Blitz Take care now. Bye-bye then. This is Steelers Nation Radio.